Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is on the air. Never send to know for whom the bell tolls. It tolls for thee. Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is a call to arms for those American patriots who, in the tradition of our founding fathers, will stand up now to defend the Constitution and the liberties that it guarantees to each citizen, to each of us. That is our mission, to explain in a clear and concise manner the direct effect of each issue on the individual, on you personally not some anonymous being in a distant place, and to define in no uncertain terms the consequences of inaction. Let the battle begin. We are back with Robert Kappelman, Bachelor of Science degree from Stetson University and completed undergraduate requirements in chemical and civil engineering and received a master's degree in environmental engineering from the University of Florida. His graduate research area was atmospheric photochemistry. He is a registered professional engineer in the state of Florida. Robert, you know, in order to feed everyone on Earth, we need really more plant growth, not less. Uh, Taking the carbon dioxide out of the atmosphere is is obviously foolish, and and people who don't understand that are just ignorant of the of those kind of facts. But I don't fault I don't fault people. I fault the leaders who are doing this for a specific purpose. And I know you have an opinion on that. The fact is, most of these people are being used by that. You know, there's a an innate thing within the human to want to be part of something bigger than themselves. So you've done a great job of, uh, you know, knocking uh, God out of the corporate square and the public square, and people are looking. So here's something you can be part of saving the planet. So it, it uh, people feel good about that. The the problem is the the leaders, the people that really know what's going on know that this is not the fact that humans are changing the, the planet. It's a great grab for power and money, and it is it is working. You've got people that are really, really caught up in this. They're 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 basically innocents on this. But when you when you look at reality, when you look at how little the percent that humans are contributing is as much as it sounds when they talk about you know, billions, you know, five billion tons of carbon dioxide that man's emitting. But you look on the cycle, well, that's, you know, that's, you know, a couple percent in the total uh, carbon cycle. So logic says there's, there's, there's very little way to express how that can be. Uh, But there it is. And so all you can really do is push back. Unfortunately, the good data it was readily available, you know, 20 years ago on the internet has been pretty well scrubbed. And this is what I found in just trying to get some of my graphs back. Some of my earlier presentations, just not there. So it's, it's a, it's a serious thing because you've got so much money involved in this. I've got a good friend uh, that says, yeah, I can't, I can't get any research to prove that it may not be as bad as 
people say it is, you know, just a moderation of, and no one's interested in giving, uh, at least the government people are not interested in, in grants to show that maybe there's a better way than what they're proposing. Because clearly um, adaptation, even if, even if you believe that this uh, man is one of the big drivers of climate, the most cost-effective way to deal with climate change is adapt. And adaptation, uh, give you an idea of adaptation. Okay, the hurricanes, if you go to a site where it's a true hurricane science, the hurricanes have been getting less severe than they were in the past. But let's say that you're thinking that man is changing the climate and we've got to protect these, these homes better. Well, if you look, and as tragic as the Fort Myers area was, all the homes virtually that were built with the new codes standing like nothing really happened. The old, older homes uh, that have the still 1950s, 1960s building codes, gone. So you could adapt uh, if there was man affecting the climate. Uh, the fact is, uh, the UN has said, uh, the models indicate we can't even stop the worst of it. We can make it not so bad. Uh, fortunately, they're wrong. Well, I mean, what you're talking about is really the the basis of a lot of the science fiction uh, that has we've seen in in, uh, in the media for the last decade or more. Uh, the movie Judge Dredd comes to mind, but they all they all basically have uh, societies in which everyone's life is totally controlled because they are forced to live in in mega cities in which they have no ability to get anything for themselves except what the government allows them to have that call that's they're talking about food uh, medical care no private transportation uh, and obviously all of the the bill of things that we are uh guaranteed by the Bill of Rights. The government is required to uh, protect and secure uh, those items in the Bill of Rights. None of those are available. And so the, what the UN has long, long been pushing for that, it goes back to Agenda 21 from 1992. They want to move us out of our, our nice, rural, uh, safe, and wonderful homes and force us all into megacities where we can be controlled because they cannot control us. When we live as we live, we live being able to have chickens and, and raise crops of our own and, and feed ourselves, protect ourselves, and have freedom. And so uh, it's like that quote from, uh, from President Eisenhower. I'll probably butcher it, but he said, if you want total security... Uh, go to prison. You'll be fed. You'll have medical care and a place to sleep and so on. All you won't have is freedom. Uh, and that's really the crux of what's going on here is, uh, and you'll notice, of course, that the people who are pushing this are the very, very wealthy people. And when they are talking about reducing the population of Earth and they're talking about crowding us into cities, and being controlled by the government, they are not talking about themselves ever. They are always exempt from all of this that they're pushing. They expect to be exempt. Believe me, Al Gore and John Kerry do not expect to be living 
in a small uh, thousand square foot apartment in a high rise in a city where the government issues them food uh, they think is necessary. So that's really what's going on here. Well, any type of dictatorship or totalitarian government, even a Marxist uh, totalitarian government, the the leaders always live well. The the people not so much. And so uh, this this there's a lot of things going on that tend to take freedoms away, and the only way that happens is fear. You get people to do dumb things with fear. And you can look at the, the COVID end of this thing, the, the crazy things. I know that one of the smartest doctors I know actually took that COVID shot when his back of his head said, this may not be a good idea. But uh, and I know a good environmental uh, engineer that got the COVID shot. I didn't think it was a good idea, but he did it so he could fly on an airplane. Uh, but so many people just did it out of fear and the regrets. We're doing some stupid things because of the fear of climate change. You've got this fear that's going on uh, more and more people that are giving up their freedom because they want protection. They want protection from the, uh, the COVID virus. They want protection from climate change. And at the end of the day, they have less and less freedom and they're told that they're safe and in the case of uh, both of these, they're not. The government has not done one thing to really make a safer from a climate change uh, Armageddon or a, a virus. You know, you talk about the, the hurricane that has recently happened um, in the west coast of Florida. And you mentioned that obviously... Buildings that were built to newer codes survived, and the older build buildings didn't. That really is kind of a uh, survival of the fittest, really, wouldn't you say? Which is what improves overall and gradually improves humans and buildings and everything else we, we deal with. Is that as new and better ways of doing things are developed, uh, the old does not survive because it cannot compete. It is not uh, as efficient. Uh, talking about that, how about the efficiency of fossil fuels versus all of these other renewable sources? I know you know plenty about that. Yeah, the, uh, you know, there's a, there was an old uh, wine company that said, don't serve a wine before its time and so on. Uh, technology is pretty much that way. You don't want to push a technology faster than it's ready for prime time. Uh, I, I love uh, electric vehicle concepts, but I don't like a mandate to go to something before uh, the, the, uh, the technology is really ready for you know, mass prime time. But fossil fuel, especially natural gas, the combined cycle units, are so efficient uh, and reliable, and they run 24 hours a day. Uh, all of the renewables that we have, with the exception of biomass energy, because it's just another, it's a, it's a, a, a early, a pre-fossil fuel, because <laughs> you're burning the trees and what have you, uh, mainly waste materials. 
Uh, that's the only one that can run 24 hours a day. The nukes can run 24 hours a day, but the environmentalists don't like them. So they're saying we've got to go renewable. Well, if you look at the amount of renewable energy we have now, if you take the nukes out, you're about 4%. And now you're going to go in a time period of, what are they talking about? 10 years, 15 years to go from 4% to 100%. But it doesn't run 24 hours a day because the wind doesn't blow 24 hours a day. The sun doesn't shine 24 hours a day. So now what you've got to do is overproduce when the sun's shining and the wind's blowing. And then you've got to store that someplace in batteries that don't even exist yet. Now, they're, they're, they, one day there will. One day there will be. Um, it is nice not to have to buy fuel that Mother Nature and the sun gives it to us and the wind. And I, I, I'll say there will be a time that you may have the battery storage or some new breakthrough. But you're not going to do it in this short time frame without breaking the country. And uh, I'll tell you, if you keep up with our our friends in India and China, uh, they are having a big belly laugh over this because in the, the press, you know, made a big deal about uh, there was a, a about three months ago, everyone had to make their pledge of what they were going to do. And America, you know, Biden made this pledge that he's going to do this and get rid of power. So, you know, fossil fuels and stuff. And the Indians and the Chinese said, basically, we're going to make our uh, power generation twice as efficient as it as it is now by 2050. We're going to make it twice as efficient, which means we're only going to be to produce half the greenhouse gas per megawatt of power generation. And you think, oh, wow, they're really they're really into this. Hey, congratulations. All they're saying is we're going to build very efficient fossil power plants that we can get twice as much energy for the same amount of carbon dioxide. And they'll actually put out more carbon dioxide. And so we think, hey, this is great. And they're looking at us saying, you people are actually committing economic suicide. Thank you very much. Because there's a group of four countries. They call them the BRIC. You're familiar with the BRICs, right? Brazil, Russia, India, China. All of these are, are run by pretty smart people. And they recognize that what Europe is doing to itself and the U.S. and Canada and Australia are doing to itself is like, okay, someone's got to be the Someone's got to lead the world. Why not us? Let these guys just go their merry way, encourage them, say, hey, we'll, we'll, we'll build solar uh, collectors for you and windmills, and you guys buy them, because that's where most of them are coming from. Well, again, uh, really, to me, fossil fuels are really the most efficient source of energy, and the really the best way of of handling that, maintaining our lifestyle, is to be more efficient in how they are used. Uh, that makes sense. No one, no one wants a bunch of uh, atmosphere filled with black carbon particles from inefficient fuel use. But on the other hand, the technology certainly is available to be able to generate the electricity we need, run our automobiles and trucks on fossil fuels in a way that does not create the side effects that the environmental people uh, feel, and, and really most of us feel, uh, are not good. Uh, so all of this push to get rid of fossil fuels is just part of the agenda to rule the rule the earth, uh, and that's really what it uh, what it comes down to. So how about summarizing up what our discussion has been? 
uh, Bob. I think we've had a good discussion about all these factors. Uh, and the bottom line is, uh, talk to us about uh, who's trying to do what to whom and why. Give us a dissertation. Well, I think it goes back to follow the money, follow the quest for power. Uh, in this country, uh, it is a, a question of money. There are certain industries that benefit from a radical climate agenda, others not so much. Uh, the power uh, that politicians have, uh, they, they love to wield the power, and fear motivates people to do things. And the greater the fear, the more foolish the things are that they're willing to do. So I, I think at the end of the day, if you had rational people, if they looked at the bottom line, just the cost, and say, you know, what if, what if somehow we are triggering something in nature, or, or better than that, what if it is Mother Nature? What if it is Mother Nature and we can't stop her? Or we screwed the situation up so bad we can't stop it. So what are you going to do? You're going to arrange the deck chairs on the Titanic, or are you going to go make yourself some lifeboats? The, the, this is where the adaptation comes in. The most cost-effective way to deal with this is adapt. You get better building codes. You get more efficient. Uh, and then you look for technologies of the future. And the technologies of the future, I think, probably is more uh, super efficient electrical uh, devices and so on. We, we look at this, look at the air conditioners when we were kids. Or hold it, we were too old to have air conditioners when we were kids. Remember when they had the first air conditioner? They, they had an efficiency of five, you know, a, a sear of five. And now they're 20. Okay, that, that just means that you're getting four times as much uh, cooling for the same amount of energy. So the technology will improve, but you have to let it be market driven. If you make an electric car and it, it can pull 10,000 pounds when I need to have something, my tractor hauled, hauled to uh, Nelson tractors or something like that, great. But until that, I, I need to have a car that can pull or a SUV that can pull 10,000 pounds. So you give me something that's better, more reliable and uh, cheaper to operate. Hey, I'm with you all day. I'm, I'm a free market guy. Just make it better. Well, you know, it's funny you mentioned my first air conditioning was, uh, let's see, I had a bowl and I put a colander full of ice over it and a fan behind it. And when the ice cubes were all melted, the air conditioning stopped. But once again, let's talk about just one brief comment, the effect of human activity on the climate, the, the climate of Earth. What realistically can we affect and what can we not affect? If there is an effect, we are a minor player on the field. Uh, we are we maybe, uh, maybe only a cameo. Yes, carbon dioxide is a greenhouse gas. Yes, methane is a greenhouse gas. Yes, nitrous oxide is a greenhouse gas. And oh, yes, water vapor, which is 90% of the effect or 95% of the effect, is a greenhouse gas. And every time you're watering your lawn and it evaporates, you're add, you know, adding greenhouse gas. Uh, you're exhaling, you're putting out greenhouse gas. But I, I did this, I explained it like this. If there is uh, you know, the enterprise carrier and a battleship comes and hits it to the side, it's going to move it off its course. But 
that same aircraft carrier is going and a drunk seagull hits it, theoretically, that aircraft carrier moved. But for all practical purposes, it didn't. And so man's effect is more likely to be the seagull than the battleship. Bob Kabelman, thank you very, very much for an enlightening discussion of climate change and man's place, man's effect on the climate. Thank you very much. And thank you for being a guest again on Freedom Forum Radio. Thank you, Dr. Dan. Enjoyed it. And that concludes another episode of Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. Join the battle on our website, www.drdansfreedomforum.com. The right to own private property that cannot be arbitrarily confiscated by the government is the moral right and constitutional basis for individual freedom. Everything going to be all right this morning.